0: Hi, I'm Susan. Thank you for joining me again, talking about all things languages and just exploring really different ideas around language learning and teaching. I want to say again that the things that are in this podcast are completely my ideas. They don't necessarily represent the organisation that I work for, which is Dossel Diocese of Sale Catholic Education Limited. And the aim of the podcast is not for me to be any sort of guru about how language works, but to potentially give you the opportunity to listen to my different ideas so that that perhaps generates ideas for yourself. It's not that I'm right and there is no right in this very interesting and complex world of languages, which really is just about being human isn't it yeah I also want to let you know again that this podcast is not going to be edited so anything that I say um, I'm going to make mistakes I'm going to go down one tangent and then go into another tangent I it's very similar to me talking to somebody but without the other person there So I just don't have time to make it seem perfect and I'm hoping that the spirit of imperfection as part of being human is also part of learning and something that we want to encourage in our students as they explore their learning. So I hope that is relatable as well. So today the thing on my mind is meaning and how language is simply a meaning tool. We are meaning-making meat machines. We really want to figure things out in our own heads and we're also kind of wired, I think, as human beings to share our ideas with other people. And the only way to do that, well, no, actually, it's not the only way to do that. I was going to say the only way to do that is through language, but you can definitely argue that music and dance and uh, body language and all sorts of things also communicate. A painting will communicate things as well. However, stay with the whole idea of meaning making machines and so on. I want to read a piece from Second Language Acquisition Theory Goes to the Classroom. It's called... Common Ground. Sorry, I missed that bit. Common Ground Second Language Acquisition Theory goes to the classroom. And it's written by Florencia Henshaw and Maris Hawkins. I hope I pronounced their names correctly. On page four, which is the guiding principles, very much the introduction of the book, it really goes straight into meaning. And I love this. You can't wake up one day and say, I'm going to acquire the present progressive today. Neither teachers nor students have total control over what will and will not be acquired. Hmm, interesting. Back to the quote. Indeed, not everything from the input becomes part of the linguistic system, at least not in an immediate and predictable manner. As light-bound sorry, as Lightbone, try that one again, as Lightbone and Sparta, 2008, said, language acquisition is not an event that occurs in an instant or as a result of exposure to a language form, a language lesson, or corrective feedback. That's on page 182 of Lightbone and Sparta. Staying with the same quote from the book Common Ground Second Acquisition Language Theory goes to the classroom. The reason why not everything becomes part of the system is that our brains can't process it all at once. Right, that makes sense. This is not the quoting part. Our brains can't process it all at once. That's why input doesn't necessarily mean something's learnt. Our brains can't process it all at once. Back to the quote a little bit more. It's really interesting. What gets and doesn't get processed? When we communicate, our main priority is meaning. And I could have just said that. When we communicate, our main priority is meaning. End of the quote if meaning is what we're trying to get, if somebody says something, how do we pull meaning out of it? The flowers down in the garden are white and they're beautiful. The pieces out of that that we pull to get the main meaning are the word flowers, beautiful, And the rest, you might get the context of the garden. So you've kind of got three words that are pulling that meaning out. The details of how the grammar goes together, the word order, the different conjugations that you may or may not have on different verbs and adjectives and so on. That's not where the meaning is. The meaning is in the main words. And I understand that feeling of... When you know how something goes correctly, if somebody says it incorrectly, it kind of has this really strong, jarring feeling. So if I said the same English meaning, but incorrectly in English, notice how you feel. Flowers. Beautiful. Garden. In. Flowers, beautiful garden. In did I communicate some meaning there? Were you able to pick up maybe not everything of the meaning from the original sentence? The flowers down there are white and beautiful and growing in the garden. I can't even remember what the original one was. Can you see even there? I'm really working just with the main parts of the meaning, even in my memory right now, with an English sentence. So how would it be if your students said in French or in Indonesian or whatever language it is that you're working with, something that is clearly incorrect? Something's not conjugated correctly. The word order is incorrect. But you get the meaning if that person has been putting that meaning together for themselves, then let's let it be and celebrate it and take a breath and take one step towards one piece of what they've said that could be improved and then that little piece of grammar becomes something that's meaningful for the person who's learning it because the person who's learning it is already operating in meaning. Anyway, that's part of what I think about when I talk about scenario practice and encouraging people to put meaning together right from the beginning, even if it's not in correct sentences. As long as you create the space for yourself and for them to know that what's said is not necessarily going to be correct and we expect it to not be correct and for now that's okay. I think what you'll find as well because I'm finding this a lot is the grammar side of things starts to become something that the students want to understand because it's meaningful for them because it belongs to something that they've created. They've generated their own meaning piece in the beginning. So they want to get that meaning piece a little bit more refined so that it, the meaning that's in their head starts to get towards the person that you're talking about. I'd be really interested about what you think about that, especially that feeling, that initial, oh, jamming up that happens when you hear something that's incorrect in English or any language that you might know. Cheers. Talk to you again soon.